Hello, residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. Johnny Time Travel. And today we're going to be doing our top 10 games of 2021. 2021, girl. So thanks for joining us for episode 98. All right, residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean, and he is just, he's just ecstatic. He's just happy. Why are you so happy, Dean? Um, that's what I'm wearing? Yeah, you're wearing happiness. Oh, I know why. We haven't even talked about this. Okay. Are you talking about Michigan, Tennessee? Oh, no. Oh, Oh, man, now I feel bad. Well, that's... Mostly it was because of 2021. Why didn't I? I forgot to. I, why would I not have messaged you during that whole game? I don't know. Well, I was I was out of town and I didn't have cell service where I was. So, I, well, I could text. That is but. psycho, dude. I didn't even think of you during that game. Did you watch it? Dean is. Of course I did. Dean. So if you don't know what we're talking about, we're it's cool. March we in, Madness. We live in Tennessee. My team is Tennessee. Dean's team is Michigan. Tennessee was supposed to, as always, we're supposed to, you know, win. <laughs> and as always, we what? lose. What we makes loosed. you think that Tennessee should win? They should just win. Well, I'm just saying, like, whenever we're a higher seed, like... You should win. Yeah, and if you don't know what that is, Meeple Town, it's like we were ranked a three seed, which means, hey, you're pretty good. And Michigan was 11th seed. Michigan's record this year, I believe, was 17 and 14. Lord knows how they even got in the tournament. We... Well, we never lived up to the Did you guys win your conference championship? We did not, no. Okay. We never lived up to the expectation of what we should have been. But, you know, this is five years in a row, I think, of of Sweet 16. Yeah. So. Well, I I was scared because I think you have a great coach, so. Yeah. And and he didn't punch your coach, so there's a win. Yeah. Yeah. He he punches people sometimes. My friend in Taiwan (laughs) said, I guess he had picked the Vols to win, sent me a message to say, what are you guys, you busting my brackets or something like that. And I said, well, welcome to being a Tennessee Vols fan. Like, now you know what it feels like. How far did you have Tennessee? How far did you have Tennessee in the bracket? I just went ahead and picked him to win the whole thing. Of course you did. Here's <laughs> here's what I said before. Which is I can I tell you this? Yeah. I have never done that. <laughs> and I just thought, what the hey, I don't really care about the brackets this year because I know, I know they will disappoint me. And I just did it for kicks and giggles and I'm out. I said very vocally to a lot of my friends that this is the year. To be in like not a Tennessee fan living in Tennessee and putting together a bracket because you know everyone all is the homers all the Tennessee guys are putting picking. <laughs> Seth and I my cousin and I we both pick Tennessee yep. yeah a so, lot of people in my brackets have so Dean congratulations you think you, I pick Michigan to win Michigan the whole thing? is better at sports than Tennessee <laughs> it's true that's a true story <laughs> basketball and football at least yep there it is. Yeah, there it is. In hockey, our hockey team doing excellent. Just won the Big Ten championship. I think that's right. If there I remember right. Anyway, can I just say one more quick thing about how the world of sports? So some of you are like, man, we're supposed to talk about board games, but hey, you you would actually be interested in this quick topic. The world of sports and how we get so entrenched in it is insane. It's much nerdier than board games. It's I would insane, say. dude. When Kentucky basketball lost in the tournament, my I went on Twitter. And just and Jonathan, that hey, you know what? All the Tennessee fans that made fun of you guys losing to Kentucky lost the very next round. We 
just ate our words. <laughs> um, <laughs> but when I want, went on Twitter in the freaking meltdown of fans, <laughs> like I'm like, why does your life like I enjoy watching sports, okay? But your life revolves around a bunch of men or women who you have no control over how it changes anything, how anything changes. And you are letting your life moods and everything be controlled by something that you have no power over. Yeah. Unless you say, if I buy tickets, it helps. I. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's crazy, isn't it? Do you, have you ever been that way? I yes. Have. Yeah. I yes. I, I mean, even now, you know, the, the good thing is when you follow a team like the Detroit Lions, like that's my that's my losing. biggest team that I support. It's like I just go in expecting them to lose, and everything's much better that way. I when around the age of twenty, I had a meltdown because I was a season ticket holder of Vols football, and that was about the time when we really started to to stink it up again. Um, and I kind of had a I couldn't sleep well at night. After we lost one of our games and all this, and I was like, this is so stupid. This I cannot control anything, and I am really upset about something that I don't control. And at that point, I said, it's just for fun now. And it really has been, which is a great segue to board games, because guess what you can do in board games? Wait a minute. Oh, you got to say something. Go I ahead. I got to say something that is board game related. It just, it just made me think. So yesterday, we played a game. You and I played Magnificent. We're not talking about we're not talking about any games we've been playing lately. Do you want to talk about how you beat me in that? But I won. No, just, <laughs> yeah, I won, yeah. and and we didn't quite know what the final scoring was. Dina, it was like our first game. Dina so. wants to talk about how much everything he's doing is winning over me recently. Did you lose sleep over that? Oh man, I was tossing and turning all night. <laughs> no, it was a really close game. It was super close. It was magnificent. It was a magnificent win. Oh yeah, that's maybe a. Uh, little hint to next podcast huh? oh i meant the win was magnificent we might hate the game you'll see no i I know that you meant that oh okay but i think you might have just screwed it up <laughs> <laughs> maybe i like it maybe i don't yeah all right but that is a good segue to saying let's talk about something that you can control hey we should do a poll my next poll is going to be this wait it's my poll week. i know it is but my next poll is going to be does losing board games aff- like affect your mood or make you angry because there definitely are people who, like, do you, if you go somewhere, okay, i.e., I went to the conference this week, and I mean this week, this month, and I think I came in dead last in all but one game. Did my mood shift because, hey, I do board game content, and I obviously suck at board games? <laughs> or do I just say, I went to have fun? Have you, I, I can tell you what, I've played with, with what? Whoa. I've played with people. That it does affect their mood. You Absolutely. Know, we played it. We This was like two or three years ago. We were playing with a guy. Getting angry. Who was, I thought he might punch somebody. This guy might actually punch somebody. And I don't want to be that guy. But he was visibly just very, very upset. Right? Well, And I yes. think it was because he was losing. Something, something yes. about the game that didn't go his way. I play with someone two to three times a week that that's the reality. <laughs> my <Me>? drop <laughs> are you talking about and me they listen to the no oh, okay you. all right i i will say that losing repeatedly doesn't make me happy <laughs> 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 i'm not like I wow it. that was awesome <laughs> what a great way to lose every game in dead last that i played i just figured that you let me win so many times because like, you're just a nice guy like <laughs> no that's it. i need to build dean up by losing all these games 
We we fi- I finally started winning against you. Did Dean yeah? Again. We're we're very much on on the same platform right now. Yeah, after you went through a pretty big winning streak, but I mean, for the, but it didn't. None of that affects my mood. I just if I ever start to get a little frustrated, and it's not with anyone else, it's with myself. Um, I go, it's just a game. Have you ever There's gotten no mad circumstances in a game that you and I have played? Have you ever gotten mad at, at something that I did that like took something that you really wanted or or no? Okay, I don't care. I I there's definitely. Dean and I definitely don't mind not pulling punches in games with each other. Yeah, yeah. So there's players that I play with that I won't pull punches because I know they'll get upset. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm, I, I, this move is just to screw you. Or just won't play those type of games with them, either yeah. one. But Dean and I don't mind. And I mean, even recently that's happened a few times and I was just like, that was a good move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was a good one. Whoops. All right. I, can I do my poll? This is pretty you, exciting, Dean. I when, when was the last time you did a poll? Well, it's been a minute, and there's a reason because I suck at it <laughs> really <laughs> bad. And I realized it's one, I forgot. You know, I was really excited about the poll I was going to do. And I was like, last week you and I were talking about it, and I said, oh, yeah, I forgot. I forgot what it was. It hit me yesterday morning. Oh, yeah, I remember what the poll was. <laughs> but then when I posted it, I didn't post the actual answers that I initially had thought. So here, here was the idea, John. And I, I did some extra research because of my failure in the poll. One, I posted it too late, so we didn't have a ton of responses, okay? Two, I didn't ask it in a great way, and my options weren't great. <laughs> so basically everything that you get mad at me for doing, or you're like, oh, wow, you shouldn't have said it that way, yeah, but or you don't, I don't like your quest- options. You See, it's just like everything else in life. Everyone is an armchair something. Yeah. They think they can do it better, and then when they start doing it, they're like... Okay, this is harder than I thought. Yeah, I want to be an armchair <laughs> poll stir again. That's what I want to do. I don't want to. I want to complain about the things you're doing, without me doing them myself. Can we get back to that? Si, senor. All right. So here was the question: How would you describe the year of 2021 as it pertains to gaming? Okay. So here are the options: It was the year of reprints. It was the year of Euro games. A year of Amerithrashing. Or none of the above, and then I asked them to comment to see if they had any other options. Okay. So we'll start there and I'll let you, you know, talk through this. But then yeah. I want to I want to tell you the research that I did beyond the question. Okay. Did you ask this to the guild and Twitter or just to one? To both. Okay. But again, I did it too late and I didn't boost it or anything like that. And so it's just it was a big giant mess. I think I know why you did it. All right. So you said the year of Ameritrash, the year of Euro what? Yeah, Euros. Euro games. Euro games. What was the other option besides other? Uh, reprints. Reprints. Euro reprints. I think people didn't like what you put on there, and there was... Mm, people don't choose other that much, though. That's the problem, even if if it requires something else. Um, Let me just say... John, I think that you wanted and thought... I think in your mind, you thought, this is a year of Ameritrash, and that there's more Ameritrash, Merithrash, whatever you want to say, games... And the Euroe goodness wasn't as high this year. And I don't disagree with you, actually, in that. But I think the way that you were you know, saying, well, I don't know, kind of makes me think that people didn't go your way. Like, you're having a little pity party because they just didn't, they didn't agree with you. But I'm still going to pick a Marathrash. Okay. Trash. You had a three out of four chance of getting that right, and you whiffed. <laughs> They were all, like, the, all the other three got exactly the same amount of votes. Yours got 
not as many votes. Well, that's that's. But here's the thing. I guess I should have just done it and tried to win. I was just agreeing with you. Like that's what I was saying. Like I I said I don't. <clears throat> whoa, I'm getting choked up over here. I said I I think that you put the Marathrash thinking that's what it was, and then people did not select that. But I picked it anyways. Yeah. Why? Why? Hold up. There's okay. a twist of this. All right. Because I'm a Tennessee Vols fan, and I have to lose. <laughs> I have to disappoint. <laughs> Well, it didn't disappoint me. Purposely lost. It made me very happy that you picked that, actually. <laughs> so, okay, here here was my actual... What did we get, thing? like 10 votes on this or something? <laughs> did you... It was, he put it at like 11.59 at night last night. And <laughs> I think it was like... It was 20 total votes, I think, is Whoa, what it was. That's pathetic. <laughs> okay, so here's what here's what happened. And, and right off the bat, okay, let me let me read this this comment to you. This was from, this was from David Mann, who... who Comments on a lot yep. of stuff that we do. Okay. Doesn't mind telling you how it is either. No, and, and I totally agreed with what he was saying. So he said there's so many games, and we all play so many different combinations of games. I really don't think it's possible to characterize a year in general. I, for one, have no idea about a Marathrash games of 2021 besides the names of maybe a few. So here's the thing. What you play is what that year becomes, right? So if we have a lot of Euro gamers maybe. in our group, maybe they're going to say this was a year of Euro games. Right. Yeah, I didn't. I I'll have to agree with you that I didn't love the question nor the choices. Um, I like the I like the conversation. Yeah. Okay. Peter Schott said the year of delayed Kickstarter fulfillments, well, which is that's pretty true. True. Yeah. Uh, Derek O says the year of skinny jeans, meaning oh. as only one person can fit in them. Which normally do you put do you put multiple people in your pants if they're if they're not skinny jeans. Um, no, I do try to put multiple people in my skinny jeans. Okay. It doesn't work. Every and morning I'm like, I yell at one of my kids. Hey boy, come on here and get your leg in one of these jeans. <laughs> that's what we do in Tennessee. That's weird. That's you know, what you like, do. Hey, I didn't want to sit in those jeans. Yeah, funny enough, BJ from Board Game Gumbo and, and I would say J-Bell, they both understood what you just said right now. Cause I think that was, that was something Cajun-esque. Mixed right? with East Tennessee. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. I was actually not thinking that. I wasn't thinking Cajun when I started doing it. I, I was thinking like like Boomhauer or something from. Do you watch uh, King of the Hill? King of the Hill. Like, I did no, not but really. I, I think you're right. I think there's a little Cajun, and I need to go now look at my ancestry and see if there's a little Cajun in me. Maybe. Okay. Do you have a little Cajun in you? Uh, no. Derrico. Do you want some? <laughs> are you serious right now? Oh my goodness. What what is happening right now? That you think that that's an acceptable thing to say. All right, Derek O says because of solos. I, I'm really glad that we. First got of all, up I just want to. I don't know what you're talking about because I was going to go get you Cajun food from okay. the Cajun steamer and give it to you. I don't know where your mind is going. As only one person can fit in them, that's how I spent most of my time g- gaming solo. That's what Derek O says. And then JTR, the year of expansions and the year of trying to find interesting hybrids and other genres beyond Euros and Amerithrash. Okay. okay, okay. Here's the thing, John. Here's what I really meant to do. And, and, mm-hmm. and this was a leading question that I had because I think I'm absolutely right in this. And I think okay. my research has proved it. Okay. What I should have put is I only threw euros in there because I know that people like euros, but I didn't think it was a big euro year. That's why I think that you struggled with your top 10. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. What I think is that this was a year of a lot of reprints. And this was also a year, mostly reprints, by the way, like a lot of the hot games that I saw out there were reprints or re-implementations. One of those made my list, 
but I didn't put any reprints on my list. Okay. Okay. And not Amerithrash games, but story-driven games. Like okay. yep. Sleeping mm-hmm. Gods, mm-hmm. Destinies, those type of games. Okay. There were a lot of those. So what I did is I went through the first page of 2021 releases on Board Game Geek, which is probably like, I don't know, 50, 100 games? Probably 100, maybe. Okay. I don't know. All right. Whatever that first page was, reprints and re-implementations. I guess it would help to know how many games. Let's just say, let's just say a hundred, okay? How many do you think were reprints or re-implementations? Out of a hundred? Yeah. There was a lot this year. This was based on me. Now I will say there was one that was questionable and I wrote it down. I put Red Rising on there because I think it's a re-implementation of Fantasy Realms, which I know it's not, but I still thirty one. No. It was like twenty. Okay. Which is a that's lot. That's not horrible that's a, guess. That's a lot, though. No, no, no. 20%. That's not I mean, it's 20%. Right. So, and then there were lots of, like, Euro's kind of difficult, but I I didn't put, like, anything that could be a Euro, but some that were, like, I don't know, like, the Witchstones and the Batokus and those type of games were Euros. And then story-driven, there were a lot of those as well. Now, I just felt like there were a lot of story-driven games and there were a lot of reprints and re-implementations. Mm-hmm. Maybe that had something to do with, shipping issues and and trying to get things out maybe people were just like let's let's put out things that we already know are are good (laughs) you know i don't know i don't know but i still think in my mind this was a year of reprints and re-implementations that's what i think that's my spiel kemet i'm looking right now yeah i mean it's easy to just see all these down through here yeah kemet's one of my one of terraforming mars would you consider that a re-implementation so eh, you'll see that that's one that actually made my list but like summoner wars which is a top 50 game absolutely return to dark tower yeah yeah Um, there's a lot there's a lot second edition there's yeah there's a there's a quite a few of those on there so anyway that's my spiel that's that's all i got i really am, am excited about jumping into our top so can we just do that? Well, I, do you mind? So we're going to video this as well, but I don't want to put this part on the video, at least right now. But I would like to go a little bit. Yeah, save all your offensive things for the podcast. Into, the conver- into a quick conversation about just kind of the overall feels for the year. And I, and I will mention a little bit on the video, but I wanted to dive like maybe five minutes deep. Okay. Instead yeah, of yeah, just yeah. diving 30 seconds deep because people get bored, very bored on on the YouTubes. Um. A big, a big meh for me. Uh, I, I, as I came up with my top list of ten best games, I had one game that I thought was really good. I had a lot of other games that I thought were good, but there's very little that I was am overly excited about at this point for this year. Were there any that you were like? Oh, I really want to put this on my list, but I just don't have enough. Or you were, yeah. So if I could, I told Dean this earlier that I think that if I were to look at the ratings, my number one game was around that nine, nine and a half, and then the rest of my list was around seven and a half to eights. Like it was like it just kind of dropped down to, yeah, like they're good games. Like I, there's not a game on this list that's a bad game by any stretch, but in my list, in my collection of 150 games. There's one that I is a must-have, and the rest aren't necessarily must-haves. Like, this year has brought in, so far, I haven't played all the games, one must-have game, and the rest are, yeah, that's cool. Hmm. Okay. You know what? I mean, I'm just, that's just, that's just the reality. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think. So, I, I did not. For me, this was not a meh year. This was a really good year for me. I, I really struggled with 
several that I'm like, well, how is this not on my list? Because I, I play it all the time, or I really enjoy this one quite a bit, but I just didn't have enough room. I would have I would have been perfectly happy doing a top twenty and felt really good about all of those games that I was talking about. Yeah, not and me. I, and I'll mention, I'll mention a decent amount of those. But here's the thing that I think is is that disconnect. You're you're much more of a Euroy game person. That's why I wanted to bring this up. And I don't think one. I don't think there was many of those big hitters this year. Maybe I'm just I've got a blind spot. But also the ones that potentially could have been big hitters haven't made it over here yet. We've been holding off that as long is, as we can to do yep. this video, but we don't want to do it at the end of 2022, right? It's That's already the, March. Yeah, that was my next thing to mention was that there are like Gollum, I really want to play Messina, I really want to play, but they haven't made it to the US. So if you're overseas and you're like, "I hey, play these these are great games." We don't have them. Um we haven't got a chance to play those. The only one that I would decently want to play that I haven't played is um Boone Lake and you know Wendy and Jonathan share they didn't love it not that they hated it and it kind of made me go mm. and so because of that you know I I would yeah now there are a few other ones that haven't has Gutenberg hasn't made it over here yet either, it's right? not it's now on pre-order I just saw yeah. um like I, I think it might be getting closer there was another one I saw recently well, that's another uh, one for maybe sure. Maybe it was Messina, actually. One that I could have, uh, Stroganov, I really want to play as well. Now, I, Somebody was playing that at Tennessee Game Days. Oh, really? On that Sunday that I was there. Dang yeah. it. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Yeah, that's one I'd really like to play. Um, the one one that I could have played probably that I haven't, that I would like to play is the Crew Deep Sea Mission. I never played that. So. Yep. I actually brought that to a thing I did this weekend thinking I might get to play it because the people I went with really liked the crew, but we played several other games. We'll talk about that next next podcast, but anyway. And there's definitely other ones that I would have enjoyed playing before I made this decision, like the Coffee Traders, and there's some other stuff that I would have liked to play, but nothing that I'm like jacked up. Pretty sure Gollum and Messina would make this list if I had played it, and when we go back to do it again, uh, there's a good chance that thing would make it. I'm seeing some games on that list, John, that I think I actually missed a few. I, I don't know if I counted the crew as a re-implementation in that category. And I I think uh, Tenor, Tenor's Trail was one that mm -hmm. came out this last year, and I don't think I added that one on there. But anyway. That's right. So maybe it was 31. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. Uh, 19 plus 2. Yeah, 31. That's that's pretty close. That's close. That's close. All right. I'm ready to start. Are you ready now? I was born ready. All right, residents of Meepletown, we are here. Here we go, baby. Now, if you're on the podcast, you're like, why are you welcoming yourself again? Because we's doing a video. We are. And you know what? We could do two separate things, right? But Kill two <laughs> birds with the proverbial one stone. That's with, what we do. one board game box. That's right. That's, That's exactly we what we're doing. So here we are doing our top 10 of 2021, and it is only March. Like, we... <laughs> Here, yeah, we, we, we've got to be the latest ones to the game on this. But and even at that, there are still several games that I super wanted to play. Yeah, yeah. We here's what we do, and we don't care. We're gonna do our thing. Right? It's our channel. It's our channel. We do what we want. What we didn't want to do is like have a ton of games that we didn't get a chance to play, and be like, ah, oh, that would have made my list, and then go back mm -hmm. and do another list. So what we try to do is play as many as we can. Now, with all the shipping delays and everything, that made this year a lot harder. Tough. But we are like, let's just do it anyway. But I know there's probably games out there that we have not played yet and probably will make our list. But we'll just, you know, maybe we'll come back at some point and say, hey, this would have made my list. Well, let me just say this. Let me just say that some of the, uh, several of the games I really wanted to play being a Euro fella did not make it over to the US of A. 
so like Golem, like I'm pretty sure I'm going to like that game a lot. I also think Messina is one I'm going to like quite a bit. Um, yeah, so like not playing those, and there's more than that, but it's particularly those two. So if you're if you're overseas and you're like, why you don't you don't have this on the list? Maybe because I didn't even play it. And also, there's some that are listed. For example, me being more of a thematic gamer. Yeah. Return to Dark Tower is listed, I think, still as a 2021 game. It's not. It just came out. So I didn't add that on here, although it's very possible it could have made my list. I went by BGG. Okay. So that's what I did, personally. Um, so there will be some games. Yeah, anyways, let, 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 me not, let, me not, let me not do any spoiling. There we go. All right, so I'm just going to jump into this then. Go, baby. All right, my number 10 is a game that I have tooted its horn for a while. We did a video for this a while back. That you is just said tooted. Magnate the First City. Magnate the First City by James Naylor and by Naylor Games. Now, this is a game that is a big box game. It's got all these cool mm-hmm. little cool little plastic miniatures in there. And that's all I got to say. That's it. No, Number 10. <laughs> uh, in this game, you are buying up different land plots, and then you're putting buildings on there. You're trying to get tenants inside those buildings so that they can pay you money, and you can make lots of money. And then you might say, you know what? I don't want this anymore. I'm selling this property. Get it out of here. Get it out of here and give me that dough, that hard cash. And that's that's what you do in this game. And you try Speaking to have more toots, money. Give me that cheddar. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? That's pretty good, actually. That's one of your better ones. Oh. But I really, really enjoyed this game. Now, this is one that I don't know how much hype this was surrounding this game, but I didn't care. You know, I just I thought it was just a fun game that I enjoyed, you know, feeling like I'm I'm actually like this game is super thematic. It actually feels like you're buying yeah, up these sure properties, selling them. You want to sell them at the right time before the market crashes at the end of the game because you're not going to get as much money for it at that point. So this was on my short list. It didn't make my list, but it was it's a really good game. Like if you want to do that little economic buy and sell, buy low, sell high, fairly simple to teach, right? Yeah, it's got it's got, it's got some it's fiddliness. Got a, it's got a, but, that's why I said fairly. Yeah, and it, but but I think it's pretty easy to overcome the the um, player aid cards or whatever I think are really helpful. Yeah. Now there is dice rolling in this game to get tenants into your buildings. However, it, you can mitigate that with marketing. If you do good marketing, then you'll get more people there in your you building. Yep, that's a good game. Yeah, on All your right. list, not on your list because if it was, we would have just that's skipped right. over it. You need to say the name again. Magnate the first city. There we go. All right, so my number 10 is a game, and there are a few that are on the lower end of my list because I just haven't played them enough. Now, I'm not saying that this would go up super high or anything like that, but I just have only played this a couple times with Dean. Maybe this will surprise a few people. Jekyll versus Hyde. How about that? How about it's it? ranked 1,876 overall. If you've never heard of Jekyll versus Hyde, it is a two-player trick-taking game. And if you do follow... Meeple Town, you do know that I like my trick-taking games. I think this is probably the best two-player only trick-taking game. Agree or disagree, Dean? Uh, yeah, I agree, but I can think of three games. I'm sure there's no, more. No, there's more than that. Okay, I can only think of three, and it's better than those, although I like those other ones too. So what makes this game intriguing is you're either going to be Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde, and you're going to either be trying to win every hand or lose every hand, so you want it to be off balance. So that's one player. The other player wants to have it right smack dab in the middle. He or she wants to lose or win the same amount of hands. And in the midst of that, you're changing trumps. You have these potions. Look at that potion picture right there. It's pretty sick, huh? What does the potions do again? (laughs) (laughs) 
they um, <laughs> they will activate the different um, color cards. Like the, each right. of the different colors has different uh, activation abilities that trigger by that, but also they have a, a value listed on there. That's as well. right. Yeah, and I, I so have you ever played this game? No, nah, I just went it, ahead and threw it up. It there. activates the card. Like if I play, if John plays a purple card and then I play that potion on top of it, it activates, activates the it. purple color. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a really good game. Yeah, I thought it was something like that, and I was just trying to remember. <laughs> you play lots of games, and then you kind of forget the nuances, but I just remember the feels, and that was, this is really cool. And this was one of those games that, you know, Dean's like, hey, let's play it, let's play it. And I'm like going, oh, my gosh, really? This is one, I don't really care about this. Yeah. it this, That much. This made. Uh, and I went, whoa. That's pretty good right there. <laughs> <laughs> I think this one, I like that delay. That was nice. I think this one made Game Boy, uh, Game Boy Geeks list. I think that's right. And that's why I was like, oh, okay. I'm I'm intrigued by this now. Color me intrigued. And I see why. This is this is a fantastic pick, John. Well done so far. You're off to a good start. Well, can I tell you something? No, nope, don't I have this it. coffee mug oh. and I'm not sure how to get it to my body. <laughs> like, do I pass it through this thing? I mean, Dean and I are really close. Do I hit him hit him? So if I look really awkward on the video, it's because I feel awkward. That was me drinking my coffee because I've got mine on a little ledge over here, which yeah, you have. My ledge, ledge will break too. if I put it on. It there. will break in half. That's right. All right, let's go to number nine. My number nine is a story-driven game called Destinies. Now you know that I like you Chronicles are my of density. Density. I, I mean my destiny. destiny. You made that joke when we did the video for this. I did. Yeah. Dang it. And probably I when we did the podcast it. too. Dang it. <laughs> But it's a good joke. If you like Back to the Future, it's, you know, it's good. Mm-hmm. All right. This is a game that I mentioned Chronicles of Crime. It has some similarities to that. It's by Lucky Duck Games. In this game, you are... You know, I didn't mean to say this, oh, but earlier on the, get no, this. on the podcast, I said Johnny Time Travel was my name in it because we're going back to 2021, and it, we just talked about Back to the Future. Continue. There we go. Hey, let's let's keep a tally of all the games that are on my list that also have miniatures maybe there's a correlation there i mean maybe <laughs> maybe anyway well, you're getting choked up about it over in there. <laughs> this game you are you are trying to complete one of your destinies you have a character card that has two different destinies on there if you complete it you are the winner and it's two to three only two to three player only it, well solo you can play a solo version of this as well which is it's good the solo is a lot of fun um, but the big thing of this game, again, you're going around, you're, you're creating this map, you're exploring and trying to interact with different people. And the mechanics are really simple for this game. But the biggest thing is, is like Chronicles of Crime, where you are scanning cards and the, the cards will interact with the app is people and big time. Yeah. Yeah. The, the app is, the is, is big, but you can have one person control the app in this one other than like scanning the cards and stuff. And you can have the that one person, like you can be looking at just the table map and say, hey, I want to interact with this person right here or this object right here. Then that person can click on there and tell you what's yeah. going on. But You definitely wouldn't want more than three players in this game. It would take way too long to get back around to your turn. Yeah, yeah, absolutely it would. And, and even in a two-player game, that could potentially be the case because you are... You, you want to know what the other people are doing because you want to know, is that a place I need yeah. to go over there? But it is kind of solo-esque. You're not, you know, super interacting with each other, um, it, you know, throughout the game. But yep. I still really like this one. I think it was a nice, like, re, uh, re not it's not a re-implementation of Chronicles of Crime, but it uses that main mechanism of scanning the cards and then brings it to a different type of game. I really, really enjoy this one. Yeah, it was actually better than I thought. 
Like seriously, um, I, th- I think it was pretty cool. Yeah, I it, liked how there it, it almost was like one of those games that feels like a co-op game, but it was not. Yeah, you know what I mean. The way you're watching other people and what they like, you just said what they unveil affects your game, and it's like, yeah, it feels like a co-op competitive game. Yeah, and it, you know, most of the time these type of games are cooperative, but it yeah. is it is not. It is competitive, and it's super deductive. Like I didn't realize that when I farted. farted. <laughs> Did I just say that. <laughs> <laughs> when oh I started, goodness. well, I got toots on the brain. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> on a side note, I'm looking for a, a, a you know another host, <laughs> another co-host. When so. I first started playing this, I thought it was more like an adventure, like go hack and slash monsters and stuff. But I was like, whoa, okay, never mind. This is a this is a deduction game. Yeah, you have to make interesting decisions in this yeah. game. Like, do I want to help this person? Do I not want to help this person? Are they going to slow me down from actually completing my destiny? <laughs> There's a lot of cool things to think about in this Astute game. observation. <laughs> Do I help them? Do I not help them? All right, so that, say it again. That's me. That is Destinies. All right, so my number nine is a Partey game. Can you believe it? My number one, <laughs> 10 is a trick-taking game. My number nine is a party game. That is so clover. That is so clover. How about clover. that? Dean, are you happy that this is on my list? Yeah. There's some games that are not that didn't quite make my list. But I want I want them to be known that I really enjoy them. This is one of them. All right. So the reason this is on my list is because I have shown this to. Can you pull up some pictures? No, please. Um, I've there. shown this to a lot of people this year. I'm gonna show. I'm gonna keep one picture up here. It that really is is my. <laughs> it's been my go to party game of the year. Like something new, something fresh. Like I've played a lot of just one. I've played that plenty this year as well. But um, this has been a hit every time I've showed this game, and people have absolutely loved it. In this game, you have a clover, and there are two words on all four sides of the clover. What you're supposed to do, as Dean is pulling up here, is write one word that connects those two. So in this one, we see cake and recipe. And so the person wrote the word cooking. I would actually say baking would have been a better choice for that. Wouldn't you, Dean? Or repair and bulb. Probably so, They yeah. wrote electrician. And what happens is you have these four squares that are creating those words. You chuck them all off. You shuffle them up. You toss another rando card in there. And then the people are left with the clover with only four words on it. The other people in the game, what do they do, Dean? They have to figure out where your four squares go and basically which one is not, you know, which one of these is not like the other. And it is a hoot. I want to know if they staged this one. Yes, absolutely. This was an easy no one, doubt. right? Absolutely. I think so. If you're if you're not watching the video, the cake recipe the is thing. two combination repair bulb. Patio Europe would well, that you know might be the hardest one out of these, and then Blonde Twins, no, it's not. Olsen Twins is what they put. They, they staged this, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so for sure. That's that's, but it, it usually is much harder than that. And there's oftentimes one of the sides where you're like, I cannot figure out a way to make this work, and you just come up with some kind of crazy something in your brain, hoping that someone by chance can figure it out, or hoping that the other one lines up so perfectly that they that just the, put it in that there. one doesn't matter. I agreed, and this is so. This to me, this is a. a feels like more of a adult I would say gamers but adult just one the negative to this over just one is just one I can play with anybody including my kids eh, if you have this this requires a little bit more thought and even with the adults I've had a few people like man too nervous like didn't want to like answer some of these because they felt like they were going to let the whole team down because it was really tough like you know and I, 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 I really like this one this has been really fun yeah this is an excellent pick this will be my most played of this list Oh, is that right? 
Yeah, no doubt. That makes sense. It makes sense at a party game. But Fly and C is the one they have on here as the example. Did you I want to play was? right now. Did you see what it was? Goal. Yeah, okay. All right. Okay, that is a, it's a good pick. John's off to a good start. Dean, I think, is going to think that my list is better than his. John has a good list. He I'll does that. that. He has entree envy. You know, that's whenever you like order food and then you're like, dang, that looks really good. <laughs> <laughs> I should have just switched him, right? A game that is not on your list. Oh, there we go. Is uh, After the Empire. This mm. is uh, a game that you and I got wow. to play. From I'm surprised that this major. I know you really liked it. It's a good game. I'm, it's cool. Awesome. Yeah, I, I love this game. And it's, it's you know, okay. Does this count as a miniature game? There's is, Would you say there's miniatures in this? Absolutely. Okay. I don't have the deluxe version of this. I just have the regular version. So, But the castle's still plastic. So three for three so far. Castle pieces. In this game, it is a hybrid game, which is what I like a lot about this one. That you are first using worker placement. I guess I should probably show some pictures on here. You're using worker placement to take spots and build up your kingdom. So build up your, your castle. And some of those cards are going to allow you to get food or they'll you know, help you get more soldiers or they'll help you build up your castle. There's a lot of different things that those do. You, By the way, the end of the game, it, you want to have the most money at the end of the game. And you're spending money throughout the game, a lot of money. You're spending money to get those cards, to yep. build up your castle, um, to get, you know, resources, lots of different things. But at the last part of the round, you're going to get attacked and you're going to get attacked more and more throughout the game. By the end of the game, you're flipping over tons of cards. You got people coming in from all sides of your castle trying to destroy you. I just really, really like this game. Yeah. Now, there is fiddliness with the with that the way battle the attacks sequence. Work and stuff. That's right. With with that battle sequence, there's there's some fiddliness to know exactly what happens. But once you figure that out, for me, I just I really enjoy this game. I think it's I think it's one of my favorites of this genre for sure. Uh, maybe my favorite of this genre. I really enjoy it. It's, it's cool. Yeah, I enjoyed playing it with you. And it, not, and it can not play my out, style, but it's, it was cool. Depending on what cards come out, it plays out differently too. Now you're you're going to be getting attacked. You know, every every round you're going to get attacked, and some of that can be, you know, samey. But they're attacking from different sides, and you have to figure out which which side do I really want to build up? Where do I want to put soldiers? You kind of guess at that because you can move them around once mm-hmm. you know the battle starts, but you can only do it if you have these tokens. And they might just come plowing through one wall that you left defenseless. And I, I think it's cool. I like it a lot. There it is, baby. After the Empire. That was your number eight. Eight, right? All yeah. right. So my number eight is a game that I think I would have higher on the list, but I've only played it one time. And that, and that was at Pax U. And that's It's a Wonderful Kingdom. Uh, I really enjoyed my play. I'm a big fan of It's a Wonderful World. It's a Wonderful Kingdom is a two-player version of it's a wonderful world and one of the things that's also really cool about it is has these modules and the modules absolutely really matter in the game so if you remember it's a wonderful world you remember the the blue guy and the red gal tokens um that are in that game here you have uh i can't remember what they're called i can't remember it's been it's been a minute um but those tokens a lot of the um modules that's the word i'm looking for those are affected in there. So instead of just stacking those tokens, like you can, they can be used to do different and various things, which I think is really, really cool. It also has the I split you choose mechanic in it, which I, I like that because it, I like it because it gets some more thoughtfulness to what you're deciding on, you know, what cards to choose. But I do, it does have that kind of 
extra gameplay, like, you know, that little bit more downtime where your opponent's trying to decide where to put the cards on each side. So it's like a love-hate relationship, I would say, with that. But I thought it was really solid. I don't even, I don't have this yet. I can't wait to pick it up. It's a wonderful kingdom. Yeah, I'll try this one. I have not not got a chance to play this one yet. I enjoyed It's a Wonderful Life. Not as much as you, but I still think it's a fun game. Really? You like that movie a lot? World. World. Is that what it is? It's a Wonderful World? That's exactly right. What do you like better? It's a Wonderful World or It's a Wonderful Life? I mean, if it's a wonderful... Oh. uh, It's one of the best of the Apples and oranges there. No. That's tough to... Just pick one. Just uh, probably board game. <laughs> I would rather play a board game than watch a movie. Generally, okay. Even uh, that movie, it's really yeah. good. I'm not. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. All right. My number seven, I think, is what we're at right now. Is further on along on my list, so you need to. Skip oh, it. that's right. That's Ooh. right. Okay. Oh, I think you sorry. just. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> you're listening to the podcast, and you heard of some distortion. Dean got a little excited there. John's number seven. All right, so my number seven is an good because we need more Adam John Kwapinski talking. game. I know, <laughs> which I'm surprised Dean didn't have it on his because he did Nemesis and Dean like fawns over that. You know, these are two different games, right? He decided to, but do I really like Origins. Pretty much a straight there you go, a straight Euro game, and that is Origins First <laughs> Builders. I, you know, I like this game. Um, yeah, I think I think it's really cool because you have a lot of different pieces or several different pieces going on, but I'd never felt like super overwhelmed in it. You have tracks that you're going up on the far right hand side of the board in these temple tracks. You also are uh, constellations, right? Yeah, you have uh, little tiles that you're laying to kind of build your city. You also have this like battle, like war kind of track that's that you're going around in in the middle of the board. But really the crux of this is, is you're placing out your citizens, your dice, and they can go onto the worker placement spots. However, every time you use it, it becomes a little harder. So like if I use it with a, and it has a number two die, a number two marker on that worker placement spot, I have to use a number two or higher die to be able to place it there. Unless I want to give up wisdom, which is... You know, you don't want to give up too much wisdom. Um, but whenever I place my die there, then I crank it up to three. And then when Dean goes there, he cranks up to four. And so eventually, when it gets to six, it will get easier. But uh, it gets to the point where you have to really, really plan a lot of things ahead in this game, don't you, Dean? And the way the in-game scoring is really cool as well, um, the way that you're looking at the little towers that you're building and multiplying it. There's a lot of tough decisions times dice that you put into your city. But, oh, no, I don't know if I want to put that die there because it's high value, but I could be, you know, using it right now to do a really powerful action because it's a high value. You know, those are cool decisions. Then you have this little Archon character that Dean is showing here, and that is colorless, except for as you look in the spot here, when you have the die that become um, advisors, now that Archon is red and blue. So it's like as you're building these engines over the course of the game, and I just I thought this was a delightful Euro. Delightful. Yep. It's delightful. Yep. Really enjoy this one too. I thought it was a lot of fun. I especially like how the uh, how those mothership things play out yep. and, and lots of different ways of cool. getting points in this game. Good pick, John. I like this one. Yeah, I think that I'm going to like It's a Wonderful Kingdom better, but I just have played this one a lot more. That there is my go. number seven, and that is... Origins, first builders. It's just going to be a while before I get to talk is the problem. Oh, you got to be quiet again? Yep. Oh, my gosh. So that's my number five, correct? <laughs> Wait, six. Number six. six. Wow. Okay. You're number six. 
Uh, that's my, is that right? Yeah, my number six. Hey, this may be a surprise. Maybe it's not a surprise. This is a game that's been going on for, uh, that was earlier in 2021 is why I say it could be a surprise. Because you know what? Sometimes, Dean, I'll give you a chance to talk. Whenever you're doing these lists, do you sometimes forget like some of the games that you played earlier that might have come out in January or February or you know even March, where we're at right now? And it's easy to remember kind of the newer ones. Do you have a hard time sometimes like going, oh, how much did I like that game? Yeah, I absolutely do, but this is not one of them. I This was really close to making my list. I, yeah. I, this was a top 15 for sure. This was so hard for me to like remember back to is I set up a game this morning. Dean walked into my office and I was playing this against myself. That's Lions of Lydia. I forget if I didn't oh, mention sorry. that or not. And that's a Johnny Pat game. And I just I just think this is one of those, again, a delightful little Euro like game. And it's so simple. You're gonna pull a merchant. You have four merchants in your bag, you're gonna pull one out, then you're gonna place it next to a gate, and you're simply gonna look at how many other merchants and uh, are there and what color the gate is. And let's just say that there was a blue merchant. I placed down a green and it's at a green gate. What do I do, Dean? I get two green resources and one blue resource. You simply count that stuff up. However, as the game progresses, you're getting these cards that can build an engine for you. So I might have a card that says, when you place a green merchant at a green gate, you get another green resource. And I just think that that, like, that part's cool, but as you progress up your like player board resource kind of track, when you get to the sixth spot in it, you have a now a decision. You can make one of the cards in your tableau more powerful by upgrading it immediately without paying the resources. Or you can go up this bottom track that might give you coins, but also the bottom track on your player board tells you how many buildings you can have in your city. So if you're not going up that, then you can't keep building into your city. I just think that it's this is a quick 30 to 60 minute great game by Johnny Pack. I really like this... My wife doesn't like it as much as I do, which is super sad to me. What a great game. Yeah. This, People don't talk about this game enough. It's it's fantastic. I think it was talked about a little bit more whenever the Kickstarter was going on, uh, maybe even when it released. It I, was I, like... I did. I kickstarted this one, and and I am thankful that I did. It's got some really cool expansion stuff in the box. This you have different a, modules. This is an excellent game. I, I really enjoy, enjoy it. It's I Like I said, it was a top 15, maybe even like number 11 or 12, something like that. It's $28 on Miniature Mart when I was looking this morning. That's yep. a steal. Now, if you're like a super heavy Euro game, gamer or something, this may not be your thing. Who, who you this know. appeals to, though, are like Hadara is one that we've compared it to. If yeah. you like Hadara, this is this is a, a really good comparison to that. It's it, totally different games, but it gives you some of the same feels. That kind of really engine fun. building track going up, you know, kind of yep. stuff. Yeah. Yep. Man, this is a fun <clears> game. Yep. Good pick. Number six. Skip Lions over my Lydia. number five. Oh my gosh. And you got to skip yours. Well, you skip your number five too. All right. <laughs> okay. So let's go to my number four. Sleeping Gods. Another. That's what you've been doing the last 10 minutes, huh? That's right. I have been I just called you. Did I just call you a god? No, you're just saying I was sleeping. I okay. So this is a Ryan Lockett game, and this is another story-driven game. This one is cooperative, though. Technically, it has a miniature in there, John, so I guess you can count that one. Um, in this game, you are taking on the role of these different characters that are aboard a ship, and the ship is moving around the map. And this is like a 1920s era game. And here's how John taught me the game. I've talked about this a lot. But John said, <laughs> what do you want to do? Like, that's what he said. And what do you want to do? This is my number one game. I said, I want to go there. Okay, let's do that. Let's explore that. And then you go to the book and it tells you what's going on here. And it might say, hey, you want to complete this quest. You you need to have this item down in in the southeastern region of the uh, of this other island like this island that's you know southeast of this island and you want to go to the temple and you need to go inside there and bring this item and yeah. 
you're just going on a bunch of quests and it's it's a lot a lot of fun and it, it creates so much really cool story you, mm-hmm. the the characters um you you start to get a feel like the story emerges from the type of characters you know some characters are good at healing some are good at you know battling specific or or, or competing against uh specific quest the battle mechanism in this game is really fantastic it's, it's just a lot a lot of fun we did a video yeah. on this you can go look at that i'm sure we did a podcast of this too at some point I think I thought I think it's a fun game. It's really it's an open world game, it right? Is, yeah. So it feels like your Minecraft or Terraria or you know one of the, some of these games. I'm sure there's a lot more. I'm showing my age probably. Games were like the joy of winning the game is not really there. Like it's not as strong, right? It's more of I can do what I want and yeah, I can complete some quests and have some fun and stuff like that. But that's I don't think it has this like super satisfaction where you beat the game. Would you agree with that for someone who played all the way through I do, it? I do. I totally agree. Now, the, the reason I was hesitating is because the game is, is long. Like, you know, the yeah. campaign, I think the, the first campaign I played is like 12 hours or something like that. Something along those lines. And I, and I soloed I soloed that like for, first campaign, which I think the solo is just as fine. You have to keep up with all the characters, but it's fine. Um, but when you... It feels good when you win. And, and I yeah. did win that, but it's... You're right. It's the story that emerges from that. Yep. But if you lose, you're like, well, I spent 12 hours on that. And you're I like, just, ah, I just lost. Just, uh, I think that didn't happen, and you take back some of the yeah. things. <laughs> that's what happens when I solo. I cheat that when I play doesn't solo. matter. No one else cares. No that's one else right. sees it. But yeah, that's. But I didn't mean that in a bad way. I meant it in a certain people are drawn to those types of games. And if you are, I think you would really like this game. Yeah. I've only ever played above and below of his games. Oh, that's not true. I played a couple other ones. But Rome. as far as like, I didn't play... Near and far, I didn't play. Um, what was the other one? Uh, Isle Isle Bound. Yeah, I didn't play any of those like really really heavy story driven ones. But it, it's made me want to go try them. But I haven't because I've just been exploring this one. That is your number five. My number five. All it's right. got a miniature in there. That doesn't count though, right? So your number five. No, is this my number five? Yeah, I'm it would lost be. right now. I know it's. <laughs> I should have pulled up my list. I should have pulled up my list. You'll see the ticker on the bottom of the screen, but if you're listening to the podcast, you're just gonna be lost with us. I'm sorry. There we go. Oh, you're making me nervous. Like I gotta pull up my computer real quick, Dean. One, two, three. You're four. Number four. That's this what I thought. Your, this yeah, was sorry. my number four. This okay. is your number four. Yeah, my number four is a Devere game. That is Luna Capital, and I say Devere game because Devere has been putting out a lot of good stuff lately. Now, a lot of people loved um, Red Cathedral. I like this better than Red Cathedral. You? Um, when did Red Cathedral come out? The year before. Oh, okay. I believe 2020. Uh, yes, I do. I do like this. Uh, slightly. I really like Red Cathedral. This was another one of those games that like, um, I was interested in because because it was Devere, but Dean was really excited. And kind of one of those ones where as we were playing it, I went, oh, yeah, this is good. Yeah. Um, so in this oh, game... Wait, by the ahead. way, this is my number six. I didn't say that yet. John's number four, my number six. Oh, why don't you tell how it's played then? Because I kind of have talked a lot. Okay, so in this game, it's gonna it's actually fairly similar to another game that we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, in this game, you are drafting... Sorry, I'm trying to find a picture where you can show... It's a cool picture there, though. Yeah, there's cool pictures. I don't want cool pictures right now. I want something that's going to help me. All right, so you're going to have your own little player area in front of you. You have these different cards that just are for keeping things on there. What you're going to do on your turn is you're going to draft. There, There's cards on here. <laughs> I should have just... I I'm should pointing have ex- here. should have explained it myself. Here we go. There's cards right here, and then there's tiles right here. When you draft, you're going to take the card and then all the tiles that are beneath that. 
the card is then going to go into your hand and you have cards to choose from of which ones you want to play. You have to play those in sequential order. They can be, if you start high at number 10, you're working your way down. If you start low, you're working your way up, but you can't play, like if I start high, I can't then go back high later on. I have to keep going down in the numbers. Unless you have uh, one of these little taxi-looking things, whatever those are. I think are. it looks like a Minions from <laughs> that's right. that ship movie. And that allows you to, to change that rule. But the big crux of this game is the tiles that you're going to take. And when you take those tiles, they're going to go onto the cards. And how you place them is going to determine your score at the end of the game. So, or, or they might give you special abilities throughout the game. But for the most part, it's you're placing those so that you can get, uh, you can get points at the end of the game. So, like if I have a uh, tile... Uh, let's say like these blue, I can't find any good pictures on here. Sorry. Um, I, I might have these tiles that all need to be adjoined next to each other. And mm-hmm. when they're next to each other, I'm going to get points. You might have some of the buildings that, that will say you get a point for every one of these red buildings that are surrounding it, or you yeah. get two points or whatever like that. So you're just placing these on there in a way it's a puzzle to figure out the best way to score the most points that you possibly can. You, yeah, it's similar. I mentioned a game we're going to talk about, Cascadia. It has some similarities to that in the drafting part, but it's very different in the tile placement part. Yeah, I just think that, uh, just to add on to what Dean said, that I think there's a lot of satisfying moments as you sit back and like see how big you know that continuous line is you know, of what you've done or whenever you're starting to like really pop off on getting points because you're surrounding this thing that you're, you know, if you surround it and every time you surround it, you're scoring points and all that kind of stuff. Interesting decisions, like Dean mentioned, on the card drafting with the tiles. And then I just feel like it's just, to me, it is is satisfying when you're scoring it at the end and looking, like taking a look at what you've created. A really fun game. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. And, and sometimes it becomes very intense because you're like, I have to put this somewhere. Yeah. And there's not really that many places. And you put it down and the tile that you've been waiting to come out to put in that spot then comes out a little bit later. And there is some there is some ways to manipulate that to be able to move things around and sure. tear the buildings down, stuff like that. But um, it, it becomes very tense. I go. enjoy it quite a bit. Number four for John, number six for me, that is Luna Capital. Luna Capital. My number three, then one, two, yeah, it's three. three, is Ankh, Gods of Egypt. <laughs> I'm keeping up with it over here. Did you think that you're keeping up with what? I'm surprised that this is so numbers. high for you. Yeah, I am. Yeah, why would you be so surprised? Because it was um, an amazing game. It's I, Eric Lang, who's my favorite designer. It has it that has merge, miniatures. It has that merge rule. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. Just I, let it go, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, I'm not saying that it shouldn't be on your top ten by any stretch. I, I mean, but I mean, <laughs> number three, that's pretty high. The gameplay of this is fantastic. This, this is, it, a, by the way, this is the game with the most miniatures in it so far. There we go. Okay, uh, in this game, you are it's dudes on a map. You're putting these different characters out there, and then you are going to be battling in the different territories. Having the majority is going to give you the points in there. And that's the gist of it. But the the biggest part of this is in the battle system, you're playing cards. And those mm-hmm. cards are really cool. Because they're not all like, you know, like in, in Blood Rage when you play a card, which I'm not knocking Blood Rage. You, you play a card in battle that gives you points. If your points are higher than theirs, you're going to win. In this one, you might not even necessarily care if you win. You might want to lose. Yeah. It's the but, same way in Blood Rage. Well, it is, but it's it plays out a little bit differently. You might also not even care necessarily about the battle. You might think, I'm going to play this card that's going to give me 
mm-hmm. that, that's going to give that me things, sense. right? That's going to give me different followers or going to give me different things based on whatever, wherever I am. Uh, you know, if I have my people in the desert, I might get more points for winning that battle. I'm, I'm not looking at the cards right now. If you, if you have somebody in the Delta, you'll get more followers, you know, for the, based on how many people you have in there. The monsters in here become pretty interesting. You're not going to use all the monsters in every game. You're only going to use some of them. One of the different types of levels, there's a race to get those. Um, you're also building up your abilities uh, on your own personal player board. And that becomes very interesting. Now, some of that, I, the player board, I kind of wish that you had more options there because they are all the same. And, and you know, mm-hmm. that could potentially get stagnant after a while, but I still think it's fun. The big thing is the merge thing that John doesn't like. The last two players, once you hit a certain point in the game, uh, following this track right here, the last two players are going to merge together and play as one. You don't yep. like it. Nah, I mean, it's fine. Like, I, I, if some people like it, that's cool. I think that it could be, it's kind of, the weird thing about it is that I think it could be really cool in certain games and really not cool in other games. John got hurt. Depending he, on who you, got you your feelings depending, <laughs> no, depending on who you're playing with, depending on the level of player, I can go through all this stuff. Like, it was, I, I didn't love it. I really like this as a two-player game, though, a lot. And I like Ankh. Like, I, I, didn't, I, did, I did not hate that. I still rated it pretty high, despite that not really loving the merge rule yeah so i mean it was a borderline game for me as well and there's on my list there are options to not play that and in fact um after after i did some reading i think after we did the video maybe or or maybe even before and we just didn't see it then eric lang said you know maybe even the first time or two you play the game when you're getting to know it just leave that merge out yeah i just wish they would have put that in the rule book yep which Again, there are there are options to do that, but not with all player counts, and that does, yeah, I just, it affects it. Yeah, I mean, there may be a reason why, but I just I wish they would have in the rule book put, "Hey, here's a variant. You do not have to play that. You know, kind of do your own thing." But whatever. No but worries. also, I'll just throw this out there: there there's some interesting strategy that happens before that merge happens. A- absolutely. To try to figure yeah. out, like you know, there's some negotiation going on. There's some talking, like, "Hey, we're at the bottom right now. Let's go ahead and plan on what we're going to do and try to strategize that way." But then I can leave you in the dust and, you know, kind of mess you over after I've already told you that we're going to work together. I like that. I think it's really cool. There's a lot of really interesting nuances to this game. I think it's fantastic. Is it better than Blood Rage or Rising Sun for that matter for me? No, it's not. I I like both of those better, but I still really, really enjoy this one. Yep. That is my number three, Ankh, Gods of Egypt. You're number three. I have a meeting as we're doing after. We're trying to finish this up here, and that's what I'm texting someone about. So it's I'll talk about yours. No, my number three <laughs> is a Reiner Knizia game. I really do enjoy Reiner quite a bit, and that's Witchstone. Um, yeah, uh, this is Combo Glory, huh, Dean? I love this game. <laughs> Can you pull up some? It was hard for me not pictures? to put this on my list. So it's just got a cool action selection mechanism in your cauldron, kind of like um, Bonfire from Stefan Feld. And when you're placing them down, like you're getting that combo action based on your power of your action is how much uh, these are like orthogonally chained together, right? And how 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 much how much they are gives you the power of your action. I think that that's you know like really really cool. Um, everything connects to everything in this game. Like when you you know play into the little crystal ball or whatever, like there's other actions that you're doing getting gems to be able to go there and like it just seems like everything is woven really really well together uh i enjoy the card play of picking the cards that you have and i'll let you talk about it a little was this on your list no it was not oh wow that was a mistake (laughs) 
I just said, this is a, an excellent game that did not make my list. This is another one that probably would have made like top 15. However, I don't think this is the best Reiner Knizia game that came out in 2021, but it's still excellent. The other one didn't make my list either, Siege of Rundar, but it was really, really close. Yeah, yeah no, it's good. If you haven't, if you like, you know, this is a solid like midweight Euro, right? Yeah. And a lot of cool, and if you like combination, combo action, different things like that, roll with this, give it a shot. Uh, I think that the art and, and not the art was bad, but like the, the theme and everything together, I think if it would have been like playing with dogs in a park or what, like pe- like I think people, it would have been a little bit more appealing to some other people. I'm saying that not to say anything negative towards it. I'm saying to say, if you've been like, mm, I'm not sure, uh, maybe I don't like the fantasy type theme or the witchy theme or whatever, try it because it's good. Or the box art because it's, I didn't, yeah, like, I didn't the, like that either. I didn't love the box art, but this game also has some similarities to to Bonfire, which may have kind of I don't know. For some, I know some people that like it better. I think I prefer Bonfire to this, but I still really, really like this one a lot. Yeah, Witchstone. Awesome. That is John's number three. My number two is was on your list. I think maybe that's Terraforming Mars Ares Expedition. Was that on your list? My number five. Oh, your number five. Okay. So in this game, this is the one that I, I kind of debated because. You know, it's that re-implementation. I wasn't putting reprints on here. This is different enough, I think. This is a pretty different game from Terraforming Mars, but it has some of the same feels to it. It's like Race for the Galaxy meets Terraforming Mars, meets a simpler version of Terraforming Mars. True. Right? Absolutely it is. So you're still building up your cards, you know, in your tableau, just like Terraforming Mars. You have your board that's really similar to Terraforming Mars. You have a map that is quite a bit smaller and not as interesting as Terraforming Mars, I Agreed. would say. You have your own map too, instead of like having that back kind of battle back and forth and positioning back and forth as in Terraforming Mars. Yeah, the the difference in this like your own player boards too is that you have you're still getting your uh, what is it your titanium and your mm-hmm. what is the other one metal I don't, I don't remember what it is for your buildings whatever that other just one is giving you a discount here. Yeah, on this one it just straight up gives you the discount. You don't have to like spend anything. You do have to spend all the other resources. I like all of that quite a bit. The action selection piece is the one really that cool. is, is perhaps the most interesting. And yeah, I'll get to that in a second. Um, you all play a card simultaneously, and then you take those actions. If it was a card you played, then you get the bonus action on there as well. So like you might get a discount. Like your card is develop, and you're going to play a green card, but you're also going to get a $4 discount on that. Now, everyone else can take the action. They just don't get the bonus. So you get to take the actions that other people play as well. Yep. The solo, just like Roll for the Galaxy. The solo of this is actually really well done too because you're still just randomly flipping over a card to determine what actions are going to be taken, but you have to beat, you have to terraform Mars before the, the timer yeah. decks run out. Okay. Yep. The less interesting thing is the map. You're, you just have ocean tiles on there. You're flipping those over and taking those. That's it. Like that, it's, you don't have those interesting pieces of, you know, building up these special planets are building up yeah. these special areas and buildings and stuff on the map but I'm, I'm okay with that yeah i generally don't love streamlined quote-unquote versions of games as much i almost always go out rather just play the big box that's not necessarily the case here um i like the way the actions work as dean said i do like how it's it is definitely a quicker game um if i wanted to have the grand epic feel of terraforming mars it i won't get that from this but if i want to play this which i probably would play this more often than terraforming mars not probably. I know I would play this more often than Terraforming Mars. Um, I think it gives me those feels. And uh, again, I like the action selection and I'm good to go. I like it. Number five for me. Number, is that two for you, Dean? Number two for me. Yep. Yeah. It's a, it's a really good game. 
All right. John's number two, and this was my number 10, nine, eight, I think it was seven. Yeah, seven is Cascadia. Yeah, yeah. Cascadia was a game that really kind of blew me away whenever I <laughs> – again, it wasn't that I had, I just didn't have super high expectations. And I went, Whoa, I think that this year was a lot of, and I, I mentioned this on the, the podcast earlier in it, that I, my number one is I, I really like it. And then everything else is like, okay, it's good. And, and that's how I feel about Cascadia. Like I like Cascadia. It's a solid game, but I was kind of like, Whoa, this is way better than I expected it to be. But it has those decisions that Dean mentioned earlier with Luna capital. I got to get a tile, but I also have to get the animal. And I really like the animal, but I don't love the tile. Yes, there's ways with the pine cones to break the rule there and different things. But it's really cool because you have those five cards that come out that tell you how you're going to score. And those come out kind of wildly differently. There's like, I think, what, four or five for every animal. And then there's five different animals. So yeah. the combinations of those are a lot. And then th that simple, tough decision. Oh, man, I like that, but I like that. I want to do this or do that. Do I spend the pine cone or do I not? Um, lead to a really cool little tile lane game I can play with. Oh, Almost anyone, and I just every time I play, I'm like, yeah, that was fun, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it was, and it's fairly quick. Yeah, it, it's it's great. I've introduced this to new people as well that that haven't played a lot of board games in the past, and they've really enjoyed it. Um, it can it can be a little bit long because it can it can have some some AP, it can have some AP little, if you little want, analysis yeah. paralysis if you're not used to playing these type of games. But usually, if you kind of latch on to one or two of those scoring cards that you're like, okay, I can at least focus my attention on this and then kind of expand that as we go. It'd be all right. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's fine. This is a, this it's is a great it's, game. Yeah, I mean, number two for me. I, I really I, I really enjoyed this. Randy Flynn did a really good job. Also, because I've played more solo stuff this past year, this is an excellent solo too. This and Terraforming yeah, Mars. Yeah, it is. It's good solo. Ares Expedition are probably the two that I've soloed the most maybe this year. A lot of fun. Go. Excellent pick, John right. and Dean. And you're number what? My number one is not going to no, be No, no, what John's was list. this for you? Oh, number this, seven. Okay, Sorry. seven for you again, two for me. Okay. Cascadia. My number one, Merchant's Cove. Speaking of Johnny Pack. Interesting. Hey, we had Johnny Pack on our lists, but different games. That's right. That's right. The other one could have made my list. This wasn't just Johnny Pack. This is uh, Carl Van Ostrad. I can't believe I am so surprised that this is your number one. Not because it's not a good game or anything. I just I remember you liked it, but I just did not remember you liked it this much. Because it was overshadowed by how much the other people at the table didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, the, the time that we it. played with... No, no, no. I know you did. But like the time we played with uh, Brian, Brian did not like this game um, and was and was pretty vocal about it, which is fine. And sometimes, you know, it's hard to see how much somebody else likes it. I've, I've soured some games for you before. <clears throat> Super Punch Fighter and... <laughs> There's some games we that's, play now. I was just like, very true. this game sucks. Can we just stop right now? <laughs> yeah, that was sad. That was, um, but this game is much better than that, in oh, my yeah. opinion. This is it's fun. So in this game, which also has miniatures, wasn't thinking about that. It's, <laughs> Dude, all your games are like no, they beautiful with miniatures. Almost all of them. There were two, I think, that didn't. Okay. So this game is beautiful. You are your merchants, okay? And you are selling your wares at these different docks. Whenever the adventurers come in from adventuring, you want to sell your stuff, but you're not all selling the same thing. This is really like the, the, the meat of the game. I am, you know, I might be a pirate and I'm selling a, a specific type of good. I might be a blacksmith and I'm just trying to sell some armor and some weapons, or I might be a, a dragon rancher trying to sell some dragons. Yeah. And they all play, this is an asymmetrical game, so each faction that you play is going to play out very differently. But what you're doing is you're taking an action through worker placement. You take that action, and it's going to cost a certain amount of time. Then you're moving your marker around this board on the, uh, on the clock. 
when the clock gets all the way around and somebody, um, sorry, once all the uh, once all the people have made it to the to the market spot or on it or past it, that's going to end the round. You start all over again. Play three rounds like that. But the cool thing is, is as these adventurers are coming in the boats, you have control. On your turn, whenever you cross one of those places that has the little meeple symbol on there, you're going to draw one from the bag and put it on one of those boats. Whenever a boat fills, you're going to pick which which dock that it goes to on that side of the island. So one side is going to sell large goods. The next one's going to sell just small goods. Then the last one is going to sell... I don't have it on there. Uh, the last one is going to sell either or, but you have to take some corruption because it's the black market, which mm-hmm. I think is really cool. The manipulation of that and controlling like what goods are going to sell this round is really cool because mm-hmm. you might be really building up these small yellow goods to be able to sell at the biggest uh, at the biggest profit, depending on how many of the adventures. It's that supply and demand. It's really really cool. I I just love this game. I love so many things about the, this game. I love that piece. I really love the the asymmetrical factions that do play very differently i think now it's a simpler version of like a root type game this is it's i would say this is <laughs> it's a, just like root it's a pretty i mean with the asymmetric factions the gameplay of this is is pretty simple mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's very simple yeah. you know midweight game but the the factions all play pretty simply what i like about that is you can pick this game up right now and i can teach you those different factions in like two minutes right it doesn't take long to, to learn what their actions do and, and try to figure that out. I just, and then you're getting cards that give you the symbols and give you special abilities on there. And there's some, um, uh, engine building with those cards that you're getting. Mm-hmm. I just, I love this game so much. I've played it a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. I enjoyed it too, for sure. I, I thought it was good. I didn't think it was good as lions of Lydia. It's definitely not as Epic. You didn't like lions of Lydia cause I had meeples. <laughs> and this has these ships and really these miniatures like and all this stuff. Now, Oops. I know you like that one, too. Oof. Uh-oh, microphone's microphone. struggling. All right, that's your number two. Cool. No, that's my number one. My number, number one, one game of the year is Merchant's Cove. Yeah, wow. That's good, though. That's a fun game. All right, my number one game of the year is Dean's number five. Yes. And let's just talk about another DeVere game. That's Botoku. Uh, I thought that this game was absolutely fantastic. In Botoku, what you're going to be doing is you're going to be playing cards. And as you're playing a card and doing the action, you're also going to be unlocking dice to be able to go as a dice worker placement onto the board. You're also going to be kind of building up your hand as the game progresses. Um, and there's just a lot of different places to go when it's a point salad game. That There's a bunch of different ways that you can score points. There's some tug of war in the middle of the, the board where if you want to compete with Dean and whoever gets furthest on the track is going to score points points at the end of the game you can do that if you want to go build houses um, or buildings then you can go do that when players go to your building you can actually get bonuses for that it's got a lot of just really cool parts and oftentimes this happens in games where like it adds a lot of things I like to the game but there's not enough of it there's some engine building in this game that I get you know excited I'm like oh you just try to mash too many things together for some reason unbeknownst to me it's like a magical cauldron where all those things got mixed together and it actually turned out super good and i think the art is beautiful on this game yeah the board's a little bit busy but there's just so many cool little pieces to it if you haven't checked out Batoku, it's absolutely fantastic easily my number one pick this was where i said that this game was i felt like uh, ahead above the rest of the games on this list um this would be a nine nine and a half for me where the rest of them would be like in that seven to eight range where I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Let's play. Yeah, it's fun. I like it. It's good. Uh, this was just a really, really good game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoy this one too. Obviously number five, 
This one was no surprise for me for you because it is the heaviest Euro type game that we that we played this year. Maybe that yeah, came but, out this year. Yeah, but that's but I didn't really Not like, that it like Tabanusi. To... I didn't put Tabanusi or Ark Nova. Like there's actually several of those heavier ones that I didn't like this right. year. And what I mean is like there weren't as one, there weren't as it didn't seem like there was many options. Yeah. But this one is is really good. And no, it, it is. And, and also I'm... like I say heavy. I don't. I don't think this is necessarily that heavy, right? Uh, I would say a three and a half plus. Okay. I think that my list is way lighter than any other. Maybe the lightest list I've had. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd be interested to see how some of those other games fit into. This, this is by one, far but, the heaviest game. But this one is. It, it's so cool. I really like lots of things about this. Building up the trail. What I like maybe most about this is, I like when games have this like. I'm delaying like the things that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want to delay this action and wait as long as I can before John is actually going to take this action, meaning moving across that river, you know, like if I don't have to move across the river right now, then I'm going to hold off because I can get some other actions that I might yeah. block some things. Timing is doing. huge in this game. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This is a great pick, John. It's a lot of fun. There you go. Two of Devere games on our list too, which is two out of 10. It's not bad. Is yeah, it? no. That's, two Johnny Pat games. That's right. That's so, right. There's some similarities. All, All right, right. That's it. That is it. Ooh, out of breath now. All right. Our top 10 games of 2021. I need, a, I need to work out more maybe, but it's, oh, geez. That, that made me out of breath. Sitting here and talking. Yeah, that is our top 10 of 2021. We will at some point talk about like what our game of the year is. And, and our, usually we do our top three and then our number one game combined of the year. And then we'll do a big you know hoopla thing over that. But that's it for this one. Tell people how they can get in touch with us. If you're enjoying our channel, we would love for you to subscribe. You can go to patreon.com slash MeepleTown to support what we're doing. We're at MeepleTown Games on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we're Board Game Geek Guild 3407. Thanks for coming down to MeepleTown. Well, this is the time when we say something funny at the end, but John just, I guess, was so mad. He just got up and left the studio. It's me here by myself. I've got nothing funny, so that's that's uh, that's the episode.